Journey to the West, an audio drama series, Chapter One, Part One. When chaos was the world, no human could be found. But then Pan Gu, the first man who existed, broke the chaos. Life finally began. First, heaven was created, then earth, and after that came human beings and other living creatures into the world. We call the virtuous rulers three August ones and the five sages. They established how society was to be run, and the world was divided into four continents: Huavideja, continent of the east; Apalagodania, continent of the west; Jambuduipa, continent of the south; and Utarku, continent of the north. In this story, we first look only to the continent of the east. Beyond the seas was a kingdom named Aulai. It was a kingdom by the sea, and out in the middle of the water was a famous mountain named Huaguoshan, meaning the mountain of flower and fruit. This mountain existed long before chaos was defined, and from it, continents and islands emerged. What a mountain! Its splendid seas swept fishes within its snowy waves. On its majestic peaks walked divine creatures. In the forest grew immortal plants that never wither, and their colors never fade. Under this pillar of heaven, hundreds of rivers converge, and nothing could possibly move this great axis of earth. On top of this mountain lied an immortal rock. To measure it requires the traditional units cun, chi, and zhang, where ten cun make one chi and ten chi make one zhang. The immortal rock measured three zhang, six chi, and five cun in height, which makes three hundred and sixty-five cun in total, corresponding to the three hundred and sixty-five degrees by which the sun makes a full circle in the sky. It also measured two zhang and four chi in circumference, which equals twenty-four chi, corresponding to the twenty-four solar terms of the year. In other words, the rock was roughly twelve meters in height. And eight meters in circumference. On this rock, you can find nine openings and eight holes, corresponding to the nine divisions of the sky, and the eight trigrams, respectively. No shade can be found around the rock, while rare fungi and orchid grew by its side. Since the creation of the world, this rock was nourished by all that was precious from heaven and earth, and basked. Under all that was brilliant, from the sun and moon. After many years of such influence, the rock gained divine powers and became pregnant with a mortal embryo. One day, the rock split open and birthed a large, round stone egg. With a gust of wind, the egg transformed into a stone monkey, endowed with all the senses and limbs necessary. The moment it was born, it knew how to crawl and walk. The monkey then kowtowed to all four directions, and as it did so, two beams of golden light shot from his eyes straight up to heaven. This disturbed the supreme sage of the high skies, the greatly benevolent high ruler of the divine heavens, the Jade Emperor Yu Huang Da Di, or just the Jade Emperor from now on. He thereby gathered his divine ministers inside the treasure hall of miraculous mist, 
amidst the cloud palace of golden towers. Having witnessed the burning golden beams, the Jade Emperor quickly sent the gods Qian Li Yan, far-seeing eyes, and Shun Feng Er, far-hearing ears, to check outside the southern gate of heaven. The two generals took their orders and walked out of the gate. They gave a good look and a good listen before returning to report. In obedience to your imperial commands, we, your subjects, have gone to observe and listen to the source of the golden light. It came within the borders of the kingdom of Aulai, which lies in the eastern seas of Puvavideha, the continent of the east. Within its borders stood this mountain of flower and fruit. On it was an immortal rock, which produced an egg. With a gust of wind, the egg turned into a stone monkey who was kowtowing to all four directions when his eyes shot golden beams into heaven. He is now drinking and consuming food, and the golden light will be dimming. As an offer of compassion and mercy, the Jade Emperor said, Creatures down below are born of the essence of heaven and earth. There's nothing remarkable about it. The monkey, now able to walk and jump around, lived on plants and streams. He befriended all the animals of the mountains, regardless of their differences. By night, he slept under rocky cliffs, and by day, he traveled between peaks and caves. Truly, as the saying goes, in the mountains there is no record of time, the cold concedes without awareness of a new year. On one hot day, the stone monkey was playing with all the other monkeys in the shade, away from the heat. Some were playing games. Some were kowtowing to deities in heaven, some groomed each other, and some were just messing around. All were spending their days the way they pleased. After a while, the monkeys set out to bathe in the mountain stream. That stream, though, had fast currents tumbling and splashing. As the saying goes, birds talk their own bird speech and beasts speak their own beast language. The monkeys discussed, I wonder where all this water came from. Since we're free today, why not trace the stream upwards to find its source so we can all have some fun? With one shout, all the monkeys rushed out and climbed up the mountain to the source of the water. Turned out, it was a great waterfall, huge like a white rainbow and thick with long, snowy waves. The monkeys clapped in acclaim, Good water, good water! Who knew this waterfall ran all the way to the bottom of the mountain and into the waves of the seas? Now, who is capable enough to go inside the waterfall and find its source? If you can come out unscathed, we will make you king. They shouted three times before a stone monkey jumped out from the crowd and screamed, I'll go in, I'll go in. Splendid monkey. And it was he who on this day made his good name. Just in time, great fortune came. By fate, he is to reside in this place. By royal command, into the immortal realm will he raise. Look at him. Eyes closed and body crouched. With a spring, he leapt into the waterfall. Opening his eyes, he looked up but saw no water or waves. What appeared before him was clearly a bridge. He stopped and calmed down before looking again. It was a bridge made of sheet iron. The water under it ran between openings in the rocks and poured out from above, blocking the entrance to the bridge. That was why no one knew what was behind the waterfall. The monkey moved onto the bridge 
and observed as he walked. It appeared just like an ordinary residence, and what a good place it was. Beautifully made stone furniture filled the rooms, decorated with sparkling jewels and colorful plants. After a while, the monkey jumped to the middle of the bridge and looked to the sides. Right at the center of sight was a stone tablet. On it, engraved in huge square characters, was one line: "Hua Guo Shan Fu Di Shui Lian Dong Dong Tian," meaning "Mountain of Flower and Fruit, the Blessed Land." Water curtain cave, the hidden paradise. The monkey was beside himself with joy. He quickly turned around and walked out. Again, he closed his eyes and crouched his body before leaping out of the water. After several bursts of laughter, he said, "What luck! What luck!" Other monkeys surrounded him and asked, "What is it like inside? How deep is the water?" The stone monkey answered, "No water." None at all. Turns out, there was just a sheet iron bridge, and beyond the bridge was a home created by nature herself. Other monkeys asked, "How could you tell?" The stone monkey answered, "This water we're seeing here came from a current under the bridge. It ran through the openings of rocks before flowing down to cover the entrance. Beside the bridge there are flowers and trees, and inside there is a residence made of stone." There lies all the furniture we need, and in the middle of it there is a stone tablet saying, "Mountain of flower and fruit, the blessed land, water curtain cave, the hidden paradise." This truly is the place for us to settle, and it's very spacious—enough for thousands of us. We can all go live in there and spare ourselves the elements. From now on, no stormy weather could ever bother us again. All the monkeys were delighted to hear this. They said. You go first and take us in. Take us inside. The stone monkey again closed his eyes and crouched his body before leaping in and shouting, "Come with me! Come inside!" The braver monkeys instantly jumped in with him, while the timid ones followed after some hesitation. After crossing the bridge, all the monkeys started moving things around and claiming spaces. Monkeys are born naughty, and not a moment can be spent in peace. Only after wearing themselves out, did they finally stop. The stone monkey now sat upright in the top seat and said, "Fellow residents, as the saying goes, one who is untrustworthy is not expected to accomplish anything. You just said whoever can come in and go out unscathed will be king. I've come in and gone out, then gone out and come in again, finding this hidden paradise for you fellows to sleep in safety and enjoy your family life." Why not make me king? When the monkeys heard this, they all prostrated themselves without protest. Lining up by age, they paid homage to their king in groups, calling him "Great Long Living King." From that day on, the stone monkey rose to the throne. He hid the word "stone" in his name and called himself the Handsome Monkey King. Under the leadership of the Handsome Monkey King. All the apes and monkeys received titles and rankings. By day they traveled in the mountains, and by night they rested in the caves. So tight a pack that they need not join the birds that fly, nor follow the beasts that walk. They had their own king, and their happiness was immense. The handsome monkey king enjoyed his life of innocence through the four seasons, and without knowing, several hundred years had passed by. One day, during a happy banquet, 
he suddenly fell into deep worries as tears dropped from his eyes. All the monkeys hurried forward to kowtow around him, asking, "Why are you worrying, my king?" The monkey king answered, "Though we're having a joyful moment, I do have a bit of concern for the future, hence my worries." The monkeys laughed and said. My king, how very ungrateful you are! We're having a happy gathering here in this blessed land and hidden paradise. No ruler, be it of beasts or birds or humans, gets to tell us what to do. Such freedom is an utmost blessing. Why worry at all about the future? The monkey king said. Certainly, at this very moment, we're bound by no human law and fear no beastly power. But when we're old and weak, unbeknownst to us, Yan Wang or King Yan, ruler of the underworld, will be in control of our lives. Once we die, our lives will be in vain, and we can no longer exist in eternity. When the monkeys heard this, they all covered their faces and wailed, concerned for the changeability of life. And among the ranks, an elastic-armed ape jumped out and screamed, "My king, if you're this far-sighted!" It might be the start of enlightenment. Within the five divisions of animals, only three species exist out of King Yan's reach. The Monkey King asked, "Which three species?" The ape answered, "The Buddha, the Immortal, and the Sage. They exist outside of the well of transmigration. They are not born, and they do not perish. They are as eternal as heaven and earth, as mountains and rivers." The Monkey King asked. Where do these three types live? The ape answered, "Only within the human realm, inside ancient caves and immortal mountains." The monkey king was delighted to hear this. He said, "I shall bid farewell to you all tomorrow and leave this mountain. I will travel to the farthest corners of the world and make sure I find these three kinds. Then I can learn the way of eternal youth and dodge the calamities of King Yan." Goodness! With this one sentence. He immediately escaped the nets of transmigration and was on his way to becoming the heaven-equaling great sage. All、oh, the monkeys clapped and cheered. Marvelous, marvelous! Tomorrow we shall travel throughout the mountain to gather fruits. A grand banquet will be prepared to send our king off. The next day, the monkeys did go out to pick all sorts of rare fruits and extraordinary plants. They neatly displayed everything on the stone tables. Along with wine and other cooked delicacies, there were cherries, plums, longyen, and lychee, as well as pears, peaches, watermelons, and persimmons. Walnut and ginkgo were turned into tea, while coconut and grapes brewed into wine. Truly, a banquet of dazzling colors and spellbinding fragrance. Humans may know a thing or two about food, but what can even top the peaceful bliss of mountain monkeys? The monkeys ushered the handsome monkey king to the seat of honor as they lined up in the lower seats by age. One by one, they brought wine, flowers, and fruits, and drank hard for an entire day. The next day, the monkey king rose early and commanded, "Young ones, break some dry pine wood to build a raft, and find a bamboo stick as pole. Gather some fruits, and I shall be on my way." And so alone he went on the raft and pushed away. With all his might, floating, drifting, the raft disappeared into the sea waves.
Journey to the West, an audio drama series. It's a production by the Fifth Monkey. If you enjoy our work, please support us on Patreon.com/slash/TheFifthMonkey or head to www.TheFifthMonkey.com to support us on social media. Shares, comments, emails—all are welcome. This is Lin. See you in the next episode.